Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Their pitch, episode 41. Tegan Micah, Australia's and FC Rosengård's goalkeeper, is this week's guest on the podcast. Micah made her debut for the Matildas in the summer of 2021 in a friendly game against Sweden ahead of the Olympics in Tokyo. Later that summer, it was announced that she would sign for the Swedish side FC Rosengård, coming from Sandviken in Norway. Micah got her real breakthrough as a national team goalkeeper during the Tokyo Olympics and is now looking forward to the World Cup in 2023 on home soil. You are listening to their pitch, and this is the Tegan Micah episode. We're back with a new episode, and today's guest is uh, Tegan Micah. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for wanting to be on. Um, we have a quote from somebody who knows you very well, or somebody you play with at least, maybe on the national team or maybe in FC Rosengård. Um, and then you're going to have to guess who it is. So I will read up what this person said, and you can guess. Tegan is a social person who always comes up with good ideas for fun things to do with her friends. She's not afraid to be herself in any situation. And on the field, Tegan is always ready to do whatever it takes for the team. She's a modern goalkeeper and really good with her feet. From Rosengard or my national team? I, I think you deserve a hint because this does not give it away 100%. It's in uh, Rosengard, yeah. Hi. Um... Gunny, Icelandic player. No. Is it like is this is like Hangman? How many guesses am I getting? Um, you get as many as you like Stager. until you want me to just who? Stager. No. Ria. But if, yeah, I nice. Okay. I was, okay. was going to say tomorrow, so shout out to Ria, but I would never have guessed that. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, the thing is, I, I, I called Louise because uh, she did it with uh, Sager and Nila Fisher. So we had Carol- Caroline do one of these for, for Nila Fisher. And that one was very personal. So I asked Louise, I was like, do it a little bit more about football and then send in just a little hint, something that can, you know, reveal that it's her. Yeah. I want to say, to her, where was the hint, bro? Because <laughs> maybe fun things to do with her friends gives it off that she's a, she's a friend. At least, yeah, yeah. I'm friends with everyone. <laughs> That's a good attribute to have. <laughs> Tegan, I want to start off with uh, your national team career because you were called up in 2017 for the first time. Yeah, uh, I mean, when I think back that long, I think it was only just a quick one because Lydia was injured or something. I just went in and, and sat on the bench, but I was actually just mainly spending my time in 
LA at UCLA and they just so happened to have the game in LA for the, I think it was the Tournament of Nations and, and we won it. So <laughs> I sat on the bench and won the Tournament of Nations medal. Um, but then I wasn't called back in, um, didn't really have anything to do with the national team until the beginning of 2019. So break, yeah. So that was a two-year break. Did you feel anything about, okay, well, I've been, I've been called up once and then you had to wait two years or, or were you like, were you chill about it because you knew you had college and you were focusing on that? Yeah, honestly, I was I was way more focused on college at the time and I didn't really read into it as in like, oh, I've been called up. It was more in like <laughs> I was at the right place at the right time. At the end of the day, they were in LA. I was in LA. I'm an Australian keeper and like they just needed like me to pretty much come and sit on the bench. So it wasn't enough for me to like get in the head of being like, oh, I've been called up. I should, you know, what about our next camp? That never really played on my mind. Um, so when I got the call up for the, the 2019 camp, then I was like, oh, like this is my real true call up, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. But how is it to to feel that feeling, you know, where, where you're feeling like, hey, this is my this is my true call up. Now I'm here and I'm really competing about a spot. And then it takes two years until you debut, if I'm not mistaken, because I think 2001. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's just that's just the thing about goalkeeping, isn't it? And and you see field players come in and like first camp cap um, straight away, and that's just not the case um, for goalkeepers. And even when I did get my cap, um, you know, it was still the matter of I've really got to earn it and and get the respect from the players in the team, even though I had been around them for two years. So it was quite difficult because you know I think the third goalkeeper isn't a a place that's like most valued in a team. So for two years, it, w- it wasn't um, the best time for me, I guess. But I think when you can start like really earning your stripes and showing the people around you that you can help them win, that's, I think people's perspectives start to shift you know, the way they look at you. So um, getting that first cap under my belt was massive for me, um, even in terms of being in the group. Yeah. Because I, I want to know what happens to you like mentally when you're in that situation. If you get like, wh- what happens to you like within knowing that, okay, well, I think I'm good and I'm, I'm working hard, but then you still have to wait. What happens to your mindset? Um, I mean, it's hard. At the end of the day, you're there just training day in, day out. Um, and it's never a position where they're just going to, you know, switch you in, like, rarely see that for like the last. 20 minutes like a, a field player um so obviously you just be patient and and know that time's going to come and yeah I mean it was it's very tough when and you see other field players come in you know but I just kept thinking the hardest I got told a quote and it was pretty much along the lines of like it's easy to get your first call up but it's hard to keep getting called up and I just kept thinking they keep bringing me in they keep wanting me here so like I must be doing something right um and just be patient. Yeah. How is it to come in as a, a young goalkeeper and then have somebody as, a, you know, working next to somebody as Lydia Williams, for example, and learning from them at camp? Yeah. I mean, I love Lids. She's phenomenal. I mean, on and off the career, she's been such a good leader for me. And when I watch her train and the way she plays it, she's just, she's so consistent. And I think that's what I like aspire to be. And, I don't think there could have been anyone better for me as a as a role model in that spot, and and it's hard now even when I'm competing for that spot, and I have people say like, "I wish you were in goals," or like, 
you know, and, and I'm like, well, yeah, but, you know, she's playing well. Like, and they always, they, I think they want me to get fired up with them, but I'm like, no, like I actually like her guys. Like she's playing really well and, you know, I can't dispute that. So um, I have so much respect for Lids um, both on and off the field. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard because at the end of the day, I'm fighting for her spot and um, I want her to obviously have a, a phenomenal career, which, which she already has, but I think that's a hard thing about football, isn't it? You're, you're friends, but you're also enemies in a way. I, I want to jump in here because now I'm starting to think about, you know, being a goalkeeper. And like you say, you, you can't have 20 minutes here and there uh, in a game like, like an outfield player. But how important do you think that game time, regular game time is for a goalkeeper when you go into the national team? Because now you are, you two are in different situations because now you get regular game time and Lydia is not. So how important is that, do you think? I think I think it is important. Um, I, I, I thought about that a lot, I think. And, you know, you, you can have the mindset, well, I'm playing and, and then or in any situation. Um, but when when you look at how consistent she is, regardless of how much game time, um, I mean, Arsenal, yeah, like struggled a bit, but now she's at PSG and obviously um, better situation for her. So um, that'll come and I'm, I'm happy that she got that move. But um, for me and where I'm in my age, I think it is so important for me outside of national team to keep the games coming and have that game time. That's why I love Rosengard and my club environment because I'm always playing those games and I'm always learning and developing in that way. So I think I just look at it in how can I develop my own career and focus on that. And then whatever I'm doing at club is what's going to come into national team um, because a national team, you know, that's like 5% of your year really. So it's, it's all it all happens at your club land. Five percent important percent of the year. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It is. Yeah. But when you think of where you, your development come from, it's not really a lot of national team stuff. Yeah. And I and I must ask because you seem, you know, when you said they want me to get fired up with them, but I'm really happy because she's playing well and she's my friend. How, how, cause from the outside, you know, people are always talking about who the number one goalkeeper is. Mm. Is she the number one goalkeeper or is, 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 is Hedvig Lindahl the number one goalkeeper for Sweden or is it Jennifer Falk? Who is it going to be? How important is it when you're in that situation yourself to, to be the number one goalkeeper? Or is it more like we're doing this as a team? Of course I want to play, but if they're doing well, then it's a team sport. I think, yeah, it's at the end of the day, it, it always is a team sport, but you always look at yourself and individually and like, I always want to pay, play. So no matter if how they're doing best or worst game, I'm still going to sit there and think, I want to be playing. Um, and I think that's just the hard side mentally with it because, you know, recently going into camps and, and they're not playing and it's like, well, how do you keep that um, – mental like strength I guess keep on going but it's a patience game with goalkeeping I guess it really is and, and it is hard and it's you really just have to like turn off the white noise because everyone's going to have their two cents about who's going to be the number one keeper in any 
club, country, wherever you're at. So, it, yeah, I mean, it's such a difficult question to answer, sorry, because <laughs> some, some days I'm like, I can feel completely different about the topic, if that makes sense. It, it really does. And I think it gives also a very complex, you know, it, it shows the complexity of being, you know, trying to explain, you know, the feelings and being in that situation as well as, you know, to the, to the general public, I would say. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I mean, the, the quickest example is I can get is manager gives out the squad if you're playing, you're really happy, you know, and then you have the pressure, I've got to perform well because someone's trying to get my spot. If you're not playing, you have, like, you know, the pit in your stomach, oh, you know, you you have, like, all the angry emotions, the sad emotions. And then I think for me, at least by the time it switches to, like, okay, game day, they're playing, got to be supportive. Like, you have that switch in, in the warm-up, you're getting around and stuff, but, like, it's just, I guess, being able to quickly – feel those feelings and allow myself to feel those feelings, whether I call your mom or like whatever it is. But yeah, I think it's a lot of switch, like switch, switching of feelings over like a short amount of time, if that makes sense. Yeah, it, it really does. We shift focus to the Olympics. That was your second major tournament, right? Cause you were, were you in the world cup 2019 or was this your first? Yeah. I didn't play though. I was a third keeper there. Yeah. But you were number one keeper at the Olympics. You played the games, right? Yeah, I played. Um, yeah, all of them except Lydia played the first against New Zealand. Yeah. How how was uh, how is that experience for you coming in? You know, this is your first major tournament where you're getting playing time. Um, surreal. Uh, very difficult mentally because, as I said, you know. I only had earned my first cap a month before when I first Sweden. Um, so going kind of, you know, first cap to then being putting goals again versus Sweden, second game in, in the Olympics, it was like I was doubting myself. I'd also only had knee surgery two and a half months before that. Um, so, you know, I, I was doubting myself in a way and I think a lot of that doubt – came in because, you know, I even felt doubt from other teammates, um, you know, which which was hard to experience, but that's the honest truth. Um, but it was for me just like going out there and putting all that aside because I had all those emotions off the pitch like I did. Like I wouldn't say it was the most enjoyable tournament in terms of emotions and, and feeling all those things. Um, and the doubt and stuff. But when I was on the pitch, it was just kind of let go and I just, I played my game and yeah. I, when I look back on it, it's like, okay, it was a really good tournament, but it was, for me, it was just like a lot of it was just showing a lot of the girls on the team, like I'm here and I can help you guys win. Like, look at me, you know, in, in that sense. Were yeah. these, um, were these doubts ever voiced to you or was that something that you just felt was going on? Um, I'd say both. Yeah, definitely both. So you 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 want to show the team that that you can win and you guys you guys make it to to a medal game anyway and i actually when you had i think it was your first practice with rosengard i was there for that i'm not sure if you remember but you did tell me that coming into this club you know what the sweets are probably feeling because you guys missed out on getting a medal too, and they missed out on the gold. 
Do you remember telling me that? How, how is that for you guys? You know, like for you, even you know, to it's so close yet so far away. Yeah, I think it's still bitter. Like every time we we talk about the tournament, you still have that bitter feeling because we always felt like, oh, like the Americans didn't even want the bronze. Like they wanted, you know, for them it was like a nothing game in, in a sense, and that's what we always kind of felt. Um, so we we were gutted to go that far and not take anything home with us. And when you look back on that uh, tournament, what do you think would be important for you guys to to switch up? You've had now you you're going to have like a couple of years from the Olympics to the World Cup. That's next year. Um, so your question is, sorry, what what is important for us to switch up from the Olympics to the World Cup? Yeah, or or more like, what did you learn from that experience as well as these doubts that were with you during the Olympics? Do you feel like that's definitely changed? I think the doubts personally have I, definitely changed. I think I back myself a lot more and even just coming in the Rosen Garden, getting a lot more game time and being in um, high-paced games and being around like world-class players all the time. I think my confidence is more than it was back then for sure that just comes with development as well um and then also in terms of a team I think we just have to like trust the process of uh everything our coach is telling us and um trust like the depth that we have in like our main squad um for anyone to to get it done so yeah I think we all just need to come together and I'd say just trust the process that we're on um what 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 can you say about this uh, process or, or what you guys, you know, what you're going through right now, because you have a Swedish coach, Tony Gustafsson. Is, how, how, how has he helped this team develop, would you say? I think massively. I think not just our team. I think he's helped, like, football in Australia develop for women's game. And I think a lot of people look past that, um, which is honestly really sad because – he, he was hired to test the the depth of, you know, not just our main squad but our larger playing squad looking in, you know, 15s, 16s, like all the way to the 23s, that kind of age group. And he came in and, and said a, after the Spain camp pretty much like before he was hired, the, the caps per year was like two and a half um, caps per year for the last 10 years or something ratios. So not a lot of depth being tested, not a lot of people giving chances, the ability to play at international football, that experience. And when he came in, he gave 17 caps in a year. So, of course, you're going to have growing pains. You're going to figure out who can who can sink or swim in the literal like sense of international football. So I think him, you know, he kind of put his head on the, on the chopping board in that sense and, and gave everyone a chance like – I think people forget, like, he gave me a chance. He gave Kyra Cooney-Cross, Charlie Grant, all these players that are now, like, we're in the national team environment now. We all only got our first caps under him. So I think they need to have, like, a holistic approach to it because, yeah, we've had tough results and we have, but he's also done a lot in terms of giving people chances and testing the football pool, I guess, in Australia. And, you know, that's going to be massive in terms of these younger players, even if they're not in camp now, they've had that experience and they can go back to their clubs and realise, oh, I need to sharpen this. I wasn't quick enough on the ball when Chris and Press was, you know, pressing me and all those things. So I think what he has done has been massive. And that's, I think, 
for 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 us who don't actually or for me i i don't read aussie news at all or i mean i get you know my general football you know knowledge from 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 other sites and on twitter of course where the biggest news come out so so this side i haven't really really heard before which is for me really you know really interesting and i think it's um I think, you know, like when you get to hear that and you don't really see what's going on behind the scenes, it gives, you know, an interest, an interesting insight on it. Mia, go ahead. Yeah, 100%. People just see the results after a 90-minute game. Yeah. Which, I mean, it is a results-based job. It is. Um, But, yeah, I have to give a lot of thanks to everything that he has done for us. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. I just reflected on something now when, when you said that, because I actually read some uh, Australian um, articles after your, your last uh, camp, and they, they were quite harsh, I must say. But but I must also admit that, you know, looking at Swedish media and our own national team, um, it, it can be harsh as well, uh, even, even though a team play good or or, or something. So might just be that that your own country and your own nation they are going to be your biggest critics but it was quite harsh now after your last camp i i i actually read that oh is tony gustafsson's time up uh, as a as a head coach for the matildas uh, if we're going to make it a good result in in the world cup i i think i think it's interesting because i think with growth comes critic i think it's you know, critique. I think it's. I mean, obviously, it's. You don't want to hear that, but it, it engages people and and it grows the game. I would say. Yeah, and I think as the game grows, um, if you look at the men's side, they're getting critics every single day in their area. So I think it's nothing that we're going to be able to shy away from. And if we want the game to continue to grow, I think sadly that's just the part of it we're going to have to. <laughs> deal with and put up with but, but from criticism to something a little more happier um world cup next year you told us before we started recording that you have a countdown on your phone yeah i mean i'm i'm pumped to have a world cup on home soil is, is this unreal and also new zealand to share with us um so yeah i think it's going to come around a lot quicker than people expect um and Obviously, no one's seat has been definitely booked on any plane yet, um, but I'm really looking forward what's, to Because I don't know how often you guys play in Australia, but you play some, some, you know, some, some really good nations during those uh, national team camps, and you don't often play at home. How is it going to be to have this entire tournament at home and all your friends and family? You know, Australia, I know it's a big country, but it's still much easier to get from Brisbane, from Brisbane to Melbourne, for example, than it is to get from Melbourne to London. Yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, we we have lately been doing, you know, in terms of FIFA windows, you know, Australia, Europe, Australia, Europe, you know, just trying to also, you know, keep the fans engaged and be able to play at home is massive for us um, in Australia, but in also we have to be wary. It is a lot of travel for us players. I mean, on Sunday afternoon, we have a game in Dumbledore and on Monday we fly, we get in like Tuesday, 11 p.m., you know, Wednesday's recovery, Thursday, Friday training, Saturday game. Sunday we usually, we then flew to like S- Sydney, Monday's match day minus one, and then we had a game Tuesday night. 
I was flying out Wednesday night, got in Thursday night to Malmo, flew Friday to Stockholm, and then played Hammerby on Saturday. So, like, in the space of two weeks, it, it's it's a lot of travel to Australia. Um, so we try to keep it, you know, Australia, Europe, so Europe, even just keep the clubs happy. Um, and But it's massive just to play at home and it's so exciting. Like even last camp I was at Brisbane and having my family in the stands was so nice um, just to see them. So I'm really looking forward to the World Cup. It will be unreal. How How is it you, you're talking about all these flights? How how? How much does how much how much of a toll does that take on your body when when you're flying that much and I bet you're exhausted. Yeah, I think I think like mentally, the game against Hammerby was one of the hardest I've ever played mentally. Just like I'm not kidding when I say this. Like in the second half, I yawned. I was like so jet lagged. <laughs> and like when Kyra came on for Hammerby and after she was like, I feel like I've just ran a marathon and she ran like 20 minutes, but she'd only got in the day before because her flights were delayed 24 hours. Um, so it, it was this, it's a lot on the body and mentally. Um, but again, that's just professional football and it's about how we deal with it. And I just try to stay diligent and, you know, try to get back into a sleep rhythm as soon as possible, especially with food as well, because you can wake up at like 3 a.m. and feel starving because you're on Australia time and um, just trying to stay a bit more diligent with those things. So. But before we move on to, to Dalmas Svenskan and, and talk about FC Rosengård, uh, I want to stay in Australia for a little while, for a little bit, and the World Cup. How, how much have you guys, how much, how big of a dream is it, first of all, to, you know, play at home, a big tournament? And second of all, What's what's the the feeling in the group regarding this thing that you guys are going to play a tournament at home? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of pressure on the group as well, just for that tournament tournament at home, and um, I think it's a good opportunity for Australia to see how far the rest of the world has come in in terms of women's football. I mean, we saw it a bit in the Euros, but. I think it's really massive opportunity to grow the game in Australia, which I'm looking forward to. And we have so many other sports in Australia. So I think it's good even just for young girls and guys to to see us and on the main stage will be massive. And I think as a group, we feel that responsibility and pressure. But at the same time, we're like, you know, that's everyone's dream. World Cup, first of all, but a World Cup on home soil is, it's, you know, it doesn't happen in many players' careers. So I think we're all just so excited for it to come and just working so hard at our clubs to all come together and then again in the FIFA windows, yeah. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Damals svenskan then. W League, UCLA, Norway, and Sweden. Apart from Australia and, and, and L.A., do you like the cold? Because Norway and Sweden is not very hot. No, 
No. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know how you guys do it. Not even just the cold, but the darkness. Yeah. No, I don't know how much longer I can do it. It does get dark. I'm, I'm literally sitting here right now because I've been out in the rain for three hours coaching. Yeah, no. So I'm, I'm sitting here shivering because it's been raining and I'm freezing cold. Oh, wow. But I, <laughs> but I want to know why Dalmar Svenskan then? Or is it because of the football, maybe, perhaps, most likely? Yeah, well, I was coming from Norway and I I, I knew that it was a step up and, a, and Rosengard was a really good club. And, um, you know, I've seen the development of players through Rosengard, so I knew that I'd like it. And also I had visited some friends one time in Malmo and um, absolutely loved it, fell in love with the city and just figured, yeah, this would be a good fit and just kind of felt like the right next step in my career. How was those conversations, you know, moving from, from Norway to Sweden, you know, between the clubs? Was it was it, was it it an easy choice for you or were you thinking about it? Were you hesitant? Um, no, I felt like it was a pretty easy choice. I felt like it was something that I wanted to do and I had been thinking about for a while. So when I told my agents, okay, like Sweden, it, was, it wasn't that long until we'd kind of locked in with Rosengard. Which also happens to be the the top team right now. Yeah. And you you won you won gold your first yeah. season at some good that's quite an achievement but but this year you guys have which is not really like you guys, but you've lost two games, yeah, I think also to put it in perspective, I think you know we've we've lost a couple of players, you know, I'm not going to shy away from that, but like other teams have gotten a lot better <laughs> in the nicest way possible. They have, um, and I think the league has seen a massive improvement even um, just from last year as well, which is so good to see. Um, so I think it's not just Rosengard, you know, and we're starting to see one, two, three, four, five, you know, six, you know, teams all up there kind of competing, which is so good to see. Um, but, yeah, I mean, winning us in gold my first year, like unbelievable, absolutely, but I think – it would be even more special if we won it this year for me personally. And how, because obviously in the Rosengard, there's this big winner mentality. You know, it's, it's, it's about winning, winning. They've been winning. They have the most SM goals out of golds out of any, any other team in the league. How, how is it to be a part of that, of a, a winning team? And, you know, obviously, as you say, the teams have gotten better and the competition is harder. And there's, there's, yeah, there, there are losses, you know, more than before, I would say. Yeah, I think um, that winning mentality kind of also stems from how we drive training as well. Um, and all of the individuals at the club. Um, but I think, you know, when we've had those losses, we've been really, really mad, um, you know, in the locker rooms and those things. But we process it, we look at it, and we learn from it. And at the end of the day, it's a long season, um, and so many more things can happen. And we always just fo- we always just say, you know, focus on the next thing, whether that's like a league game or a Champions League game, because we can't control what happened on Saturday, but we can control our next game. So I think it's just looking at it and learning from it, and just going on to the next thing, because you can't dwell on things in football, especially when you have two, three games a week. Last question for me is you you went from Norway to um Norway to Sweden. 
what would the next step be for for Tegan Michael? What do what like what do you dream of? Like, is there a league that where you want to end up? I mean, I would also love to play in England. I think it's a top league. Um, I think I'd probably like to play in America as well. Um, but I think like Europe is appealing to me also just for the fact of Champions League and stuff. But I don't know, it's so hard because I'm also a massive person on lifestyle and sunshine. Um, <laughs> so it's a, yeah, I know. We'll see what comes around. Yeah. I'm going to leave you now or I'm going to mute myself and not talk. And Mia comes in and does uh, football analysis. Yeah, let's move on to the nerdy questions. Uh, I, I was, I, I'm actually going to start with uh, the fact that that you you said uh, that the Swedish league uh, has improved uh, only since last season. But for your for yourself, do you think you are in a club right now where you are guided enough to make the progression you look for? Yes, absolutely. And I think it's it's um, not just from the coaches as well, but from the players around me. I think, um, you know, learning from like Sega, probably one of the best captains you could ever learn from in terms of leadership and mentality and um, work ethic. And I think it's not just the coaches who are developing my game. It's also the players around me. So I feel this has definitely been a really good move for me. What do you think is the level of goalkeeping in the Damalsvenskan compared to the other leagues you have played in? Um, the other leagues I've played in, I think definitely Damalsvenskan goalkeeping is is a, a step above. Um, you know, there's definitely some quality goalkeepers out there. I always feel like they seem to have the best game against us, but that's how it is. Yeah. <laughs> that that's what you have to pay for being playing in the best team. Everyone wants to yeah, beat you. I know. <laughs> Yeah. So speaking of that, how important uh, are clean sheets for you? Um, I think massive, not just for me, but also the team. Um, we have a song in the locker room when we sing, um, when we win, sorry, and we sing and, and we celebrate the goal scorers, but we also have a song when we get a clean sheet. So I think that just shows like the mentality of um, the team and where we want to like stay and keep our standards. And what, ki- what kind of saves do you like to do the most? Any saves, as long as the ball stays out of the back of the net. Like, it could be with my face, I do not. Like, yeah, that, that, that good yeah. point. <laughs> good point. But um, I usually ask every player on the podcast this, because I, I like this question a lot. Uh, if you could use your own words, uh, describe your role and your position out on the pitch from how you look at yourself as a football player. I'd say you have to be... Brave, communicative, communicative. I guess that's the word. I don't know. I'm losing all my big words in Sweden. I swear. Um, <laughs> um, mentally strong. Um, you'd have to have good feet um, and be a good shot stopper. I think. I think be a proactive goalkeeper. I'd say. So speaking of that, would you say that you? Uh, what are you dominant in action uh, or voice? I'd probably say both. I think I'm just a big believer. We have a saying in the national team, prevention before the cure. Um, so I think I'm a big believer in, you know, organising and and playing a higher line and, you know, solving things before it gets to the worst case scenario. Um, yeah, there's like sayings, you know, if you've had to make a really 
good save, you haven't done your job before or something like that. So I think that's a bit of my mindset as well. When you go out to play a game, uh, what's the most important thing for you to know? Like what, what information? Yeah, exactly. How they press, the like the way they like to press and their main threats, I'd probably say. Um, left foot, right foot strikers, those kind of things. Penalty information. Um, I'd say, yeah, just having a good understanding of, you know, mainly the front three um, and set pieces. So pretty much everything. Sorry, that's not one thing. <laughs> just be prepared. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, then I'm kind of curious about this because obviously you get a lot of information when you go out to play a game, even if yeah. no matter if you're a goalkeeper, you're a defender or an attacker. But uh, how many times would you say that you get really surprised from what you you face uh, that you didn't know like before? And then you go out and you like be angry on your coaches or the management to, to say that. Not not a whole lot. I mean, yeah, I'd say the, the modern game with how much film you can watch on teams and stuff. There's, you know, obviously that any team come out and do something different. Um, but I think a lot of teams kind of stick to their original DNA. So, so when you concede a goal, you, you can like see from where that came and you... You 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 knew about it before, if you know what I mean, because they they don't do anything like oh they have nev- never done this before or or they have never done attacked from this perspective before or something like that. Uh, no, not like in not certain like situations. I mean, I I I meant that I'm not really surprised by teams like whole approach to games, if you make if that makes sense. Um, like aggressive pressing teams, teams that see in those kind of things. But you can't ever control like, you know, we've had teams where we've been like, oh, they love to cross the ball in and then they'll score one v one on us. So it's you can't control the individual things that are gonna happen in a 90 minute game. But we look at like a trend and um of like the whole team, if that makes sense. Yeah, because often I think that it, it's kind of like the fact that a goalkeeper needs the strongest mentality for for facing hard situations that you you can't handle uh, as a team. You know, you're mm. you're the last man standing, if you know what I mean. And yeah, um, yeah, I mean it's that's just the mentality you have to have. And it's kind of a me versus them mentality in it. Um, And it's a hard thing, I guess, to train. I think a lot of people just in a cutthroat way have it or you don't. Um, (laughs) Because, I mean, it's hard to to train that as well. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's like, you know, you're, you can be the best player on the pitch if you, win the game as a goalkeeper and stop the balls. But if you concede just one, then the most hated. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah. but I, I'm also curious about this because when, when, whenever I see a training session, uh, I mean, you often train alone and, and like a, not part of the team um, in, in a way, but how much benefit do you think, you get from doing training drills with, with the field players? Um, I mean, a lot. Yeah, that's where you see a lot of the realistic things. So when you're with your keeper coach, it's, you know, sharpening 
different things that you can work on. Um, but when you're with the, the team, it's generally not as controlled in the sense of them being like, oh, we're going to shoot here and you can practice your push and dive and those kind of things. Um, so that's when you start to see um, your technique in, in a bigger um, uncertain environment. Um, so I think anytime you can get with the team or even do things just isolated with other players um, is massive for development. Can can it be lonely to be a goalkeeper? Massively, yeah. Let's just say I would never let my kid do it. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Can you, can you elaborate a little bit more? Like because you said like when you talked to Amanda before about the Olympics and and how that might have been hard harder mentally or or tougher but like when 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 do you do you always feel like a part of a team as a goalkeeper if if that makes sense now do you yeah you do i think yeah um i think it depends on the team you're on and your status in that team um obviously but i think there's times where you know you being the number one and you cost a team a mistake, you know, and you cost a team. So it's massively lonely. And as, you know, every every person can tell you, oh, it's got to go past 10 other people. Oh, mate, I'll tell you, it's still, it doesn't make, doesn't matter. You still feel like shit, like, and that's just how it is. But, yeah, I think it's a massively, can be very lonely. It can be a very rewarding position. Um, but, yeah, not let my kid do it. <laughs> I mean, you, you said it before, like goalkeepers have to be brave and a little bit. Sometimes I feel like you take a lot of risk, like throwing yourself out there uh, in the middle of, I mean, I I, I do photography <laughs> many games and then you're on uh, the side by the sideline and you see a, a corner kick and you can really see why bad things can happen. Um When, so when when you had let's say you have been on vacation for for like a couple of weeks and then you have to get back into that uh, mental state now you're gonna have to throw yourself in there again is it is it just something that it's there or do you have to start over again? Um, I wouldn't really say start over again. I'd say it's just there. I mean, obviously your first training session back, you're a bit you know <laughs> not not your sharpest. But I think it's something that um, you do have to train over and over again, that bravery. Um, and when you get that, it just comes naturally, I guess. You don't, I don't. I never think twice about it in a game. I'm not going to think, oh, I might get hit. Like so many times I'm in a situation where I'm thinking, hit me. Like if they're up, like, I, like you just, you want them to hit you, you know, at the end of the day. Um So it's, yeah, I think it's just, you don't really think about it, which is, I guess, why you either have it or you don't. Because I guess it sounds crazy to a lot of people on the outside because they're like, how do you do that? But, yeah. Like, and, and playing with your national team and your club team uh, from your position, uh, tactically, maybe, I, I can put this question, uh, what's the biggest differences? Um. Tactically, I, I think that's hard. Um, I try to keep it similar in terms of what my national team's after. I try to 
keep my, that DNA of a goalkeeper and profile similar um, to what I bring to Rosengard because I think if I was trying to change tactically, it just, you know, that's hard. Um, but I'd say, yeah, that, that's a really hard question. At the, at, yeah, I think tactically, obviously, we're different teams. Um, I'd say the national team is a bit, a lot more fast paced um, in terms of quicker transitions and um, get on board, go kind of thing. Rosengard is a bit more patient, feel, you know, those kind of things, I'd say. Um, but yeah, individually, I think I've learned over the last year and a half to try and be the keeper that I want to be. Um, and there's always a happy medium between what your club wants and what your national team want and just working between those coaches um, is important, yeah. Yeah, and and you didn't speak about this with Amanda, so I'm going to take the opportunity now because you are going to play the Champions League. Yeah. Speaking of that, you're you're also going to play a Norwegian team. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Uh, Sandviken, but now Bran. Um, how... How does that feel? I mean, I, I'm excited. I think they're a really good team. And I keep telling the girls, like, they're a really good football playing team. Um, so it's going to be a difficult matchup. I think probably one of the hardest matchups we could have drawn out of that pool. I was watching the draw and I was, like, listening to other teams. I'm thinking, who are those other teams? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to traversing them and, you know, seeing a few of the girls' familiar faces. So it'll be good. Yeah, and the last question from me before we go to the listeners' question now, uh, because I mean, obviously it's a Norwegian team. Scandinavian football is quite quite similar, and, and you said that it, it's different. Um, there are differences to play in the national team and in the Damansenskan because of the pace and and stuff like that. But how are you gonna prepare for for the Champions League? Is it any? different from any game or do you just go in as a goalkeeper and pre- prepare yourself? No, I think I try to keep it consistently um, for each game and just try to prepare the same, you know, we'll look at the team the same amount of, as what we would with a Dumbbell's Wenskin team in, in a sense. So I think, I think consistency in that is key. Yeah. Are you going to win? <laughs> yeah. Great. <laughs> Let's uh, jump into the listeners' questions. Amanda, do you want to kick it off? Yeah, I do. I, I changed the order of some of the questions because there was one question that I wanted to ask. So I, I have it down there <laughs> while you were doing this. I was being a little sneaky. But uh, women's.xx.football wants to know, what's your best memory in Sweden? Best memory in Sweden? I'd probably say this past summer. Wait, off the field. Off the field this past summer. Um, loved the Swedish summer. Just going watch having sunset swims and with my friends and all that. Um, football, obviously winning SM gold. That has to be up there. Yeah. Yeah. And th- this person has uh, three questions. Let's, let's just go through them and, and see if we can 
give give him a good answer. Yash uh, is his name. Um, with ball playing becoming so significant in modern day football, how much value does it hold in your eyes uh, in the goalkeeper's role? And how do you interpret situations in possession? Mm. Uh, ball playing is playing with my feet. Um, yeah, massive. You have to be able to play with your feet. I think that makes such a difference in the team, um, even just giving your team a lot of confidence. Um, in possession, I think we also have to look at it as a bit more cutthroat in respect that so many teams are really good at high pressing now. Um, a lot of, you know, teams and coaches like just over fantasize, I guess, the idea of playing out and being this perfectly good football playing team. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, it's nearly a territory game. You've got to get the ball at the other end to score. So just being cutthroat in those moments and not really risking it. Yeah. This is also a question from Yash, and this is a long one, but I do think it's very interesting. So uh, a lot of times in close one, we the one situation keepers are forced to make point blank saves. How do you train to keep those instincts sharp? And how do you approach one V one situations? against different players, does the approach change based on some analysis? Um, with the 1v1s, we practice them a lot um, and we practice them with fast tempo. I think you have to. Uh, it's hard to practice a 1v1 slow. Um, so we're always practicing it. And again, that bravery, um, all the goalkeeper coaches are always saying um, that. And in terms of different players, unless they do something massively different, like if they love to chip you or just dribble you, but I'd say then you have that in the back of your mind, but I'd say I'd approach each situation just as you read it. You know, if they take a big touch, you say, thank you, that's mine. Um, you, know, you know, if they come close and it's a block save or a spread. So I think I'd, in that moment I wouldn't really think of it like, oh, this is a different strike running in at me, but you know, leading into games, you would kind of analyze if what they're like. Yeah. yeah. And last question uh, from him. Uh, what are some factors that help you decide when to leave the six yard box when a forward is attacking the box and how do you decide when to stay back? Mm, um, pressure on the ball. So if we have defenders coming, um, the distance, whether they can chip you or not. So obviously, uh, it's it's hard because there's so many different situations that are going through in my head right now. But probably I think main priority is protect the goal. So come back and protect the goal. This is my other teammates here. Sorry. Um, Charlie just rocked up from <laughs> Bitswa. Um, and, yeah, protect the goal. And then if it starts to turn into 1v1, then you can start to engage. But I'd probably say drop back, protect the goal first. Yeah. It was it was quite fun seeing her trying to sneak past the camera and like hug the wall. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Damn, this is, uh, sorry. This is the question that I wanted to ask because I I think it's I I do that sometimes when there are questions that I want to switch them up. <laughs> um, the far post pod wants to know what is her new pre-game breakfast and does it include avocado? Um, I wouldn't say it's new. This is pretty consistent. Toast, Vegemite, smashed avo, and then some eggs. And then you know, maybe some fresh fruit or something. 
with a coffee, of course. As as a Swede, the Vegemite and the avocado just made me raise my eyebrows just a little bit. But trust, it's so good. So good. I will try it and I will send you a picture. You can't use a lot though, just use a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Amanda, don't forget the coffee. I don't drink I don't well. drink coffee. I know that. I know that. That's why I because I, I can see why why this breakfast is good with the coffee as well. But uh let's move on. Uh Abdullah Abdullah wants to know what's your setup preference uh, in set pieces? Do you prefer a sonal or man marking system in front of you? Mm, bit of both. So yeah, a bit of both. I like I think pure zonal. Um Tough because a man, the runners can just run in between you a bit more, but um, man marking is chaos. I think pure, so I think bit of zone and bit of man markers. They can block the runners coming in and allow the zone to have a bit more freedom. And I yeah. think uh, his second question was: Is there even a difference from a goalkeeping perspective on the types of defending? But I think you described that quite well there. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> let's yeah. leave it with that. Moby yeah. One, Stefan wants to know: How do you look back on your time in Norway with Sandviken, and what was the best thing about being there? Wishing you all the best, Tegan. Oh, thank you very much. Um, i mean, I think I was only at Sandvigan for like two and a half months or something, maybe a month, two less than, yeah. Just it was quick game time before the Olympics um, after I did had knee surgery. So um, that was, you know, it served its purpose, had game time there. But honestly, um, Sandvigan, that club actually really enjoyed it. I think it was a really good club and the girls were really nice. Um, and to put it kind of bluntly, it made me, fall back in love with Bergen because when I left Bergen the first time, I could have sworn I was never coming back. So I actually really enjoyed my time at Sandvigen. Yeah. Well, now Brands. It's beautiful in Bergen, I think, as well. And it just rains too much. Yeah, <laughs> it does. Um, last question from one more listener. Uh, at Wusu Charles. Uh, who you have to say with all the E's. No, I can't. <laughs> Wusu Charlies. <laughs> no. Um, who would you not want to be taking a penalty against? Maybe Alana Kennedy. Yeah, she's got a really good penalty. I know where she's going every time and I can't save it. She just roofs it so hard. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to keep an eye on her now in the WSL, taking penalties. Yeah. Smashes it in. Very good technique <laughs> on that girl. Unreal technique. Yeah. That that wraps up uh, everything, but the end section, which is the this or that questions, the five questions. All right, I'm excited for this. Let's do it. Um, you're not allowed to think, and we always say this, but somebody always okay. ends up thinking on one or two questions. I just want okay. the rapid fire this or that. Right. Playing with a back four or a back three. Three. Winning the Champions League or the World Cup. World Cup. Making a save from coming up 1v1 with an attacker or making a spectacular save from a free kick close to the PA? 1v1. A clean sheet where the ball barely reaches you or having a good game overall that you win but keeps you active but you concede? Keeps active. Both scenarios lead to a goal. Build up from the back or kick it long up the pitch? Kick it long. Hey. 
Tegan, that was everything from us. Thank you so much for being a part of this uh, podcast. You're welcome. We hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, it was really good. Thanks so much. Thank you for being part of it. Talk to Mika. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.